0: out a very familiar set of scriptures tonight. Matter of fact, it was almost a year ago when I preached off this set of scriptures. It's going to be out of 2 Timothy chapter number 2. We're going to start out with 1 through 5. Okay. 2 Timothy 1, Brother Jason. 2 Timothy chapter number 2, verses 1 through 5, or 1 through 4. Chapter number two, starting out with verse number one. I say, yeah. Therefore, or thou, therefore, my son, be strong, and the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that ye have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. You therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man who wars entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Let's pray. Most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, God, I love you. I thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to stand up behind the pulpit and preach this gospel, Lord. Now, I pray, God, that you send down the preacher. Let me get up out of the way, God. I ask you, Lord, that you anoint the hearts of the congregation, Lord. Give me wisdom, God, and give me strength. And I'll give you all the praise and all the glory. And the church said, in Jesus' name, Amen. I'm telling you, I don't know if I've ever preached this gospel where I just wasn't flung, just nervous. I don't know if there's ever been a time I got to be able to stand up behind this pulpit and not feel my nerves racking for some reason or another. Maybe it's in the reverence of God. Maybe it's because I'm in fear that I may bring some type of reproach unto the word of God, whatever it may be. I thank God that I know that his spirit rests upon me to preach this gospel to the people that don't receive this. And I pray that and it accomplishes, Hallelujah. and it never returns void. Yes. Yes. Right. Praise God. Yes. Second Timothy, chapter number 2. The Apostle Paul, Timothy was written in a, a 66 AD. And what he is doing, the Apostle Paul, he's addressing Timothy. You know, the Lord has placed it inside of his spirit that it's perhaps time for him to go on, on to glory. He said, my time of my departure is at hand. He said, I fought a good fight. I I kept the faith. And now he's telling young Timothy here on something that he needs to know. He reminds him in chapter number one that he says, uh, Timothy, he says, I love you. I love you. You're just like my son. I poured my heart out on you. I poured my time out on you. I poured the doctrine of the cross and and I just want you to know that I love you. That daily, day in and day out, I pray for you without ceasing. There's never been a time that I don't pray for you, young Timothy. He reminds him of the call of God in his life. He reminds him that the hand of God, that the power of God, that the doctrine of God, the revelation of the cross has been handed down to him like a mantle and now he is telling him He tells Timothy that he must hold fast to sound doctrine. Paul has poured out his doctrine, his time the revelation of the cross. He poured it all into young Timothy. He begins to teach young Timothy as he grows with him, as he walks with him, as he talks with him, as he sees Paul as his example. I'm sure he brought it down to him and said, God, young Timothy, God don't ever change. God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. In him there is no shadow of turning. In him there is no verbalness. God is the same God ever single day and forever. And we find in verse chapter 1 or in chapter 2 verse 1 he tells young Timothy be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. Paul was one of the most strongest motivational preachers that this planet has ever experienced of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ chose Paul to bring in to bring forth the New Testament theology to bring forth a tree planted Together, and one day Buddy came by and he picked me up, and he said we had a field line that we had to go and stop. So me and Buddy, we go out there and we pick up this field line. And when he pops the top on this thing, I want you to know, there's about 200 gallons of some prehistoric loggerheads come rolling up out of there. He was about mid a half deep in all kinds of poo and everything else under (laughs) the sun. So he's already aggravated this sewage machine, and one that has the drum on it, that's that self-propelled, and he's beginning, he's trying to work that thing through the line. I want you to know he's working it, well, he's dedicated, he got his eyes focused on the prize, trying to get this thing unstuck. If anybody knows anything about plumbing, when you find, when you find those drums, one of those, uh, uh, the, uh, the line, if it starts to horse you just a little bit, you better watch out. And the one that we was using was a really large one. Starts the horseshoe. I want you to know in a split second, it will roll those loggerheads heads ten foot in all directions. It begins to twist up and throw it everywhere. And I told Buddy, I said, Buddy, you better watch out. It started to bend on you. It started to bend on you. And he said, Oh, I got this, I got this. And he had his hands to the plow. I want you to know he was determined to get through this thing. And I said, Buddy, it's about to get you. And about that time, that thing ain't happening. And it put stuff from his face all the way from his head to the soles of his feet. He was covered in all kinds of junk. And buddy, me, I tried not to laugh. I held in so hard I got puked on myself. I'm telling you, it was running down his face, on his eyes. He was covered up. And I want you to know this man, he didn't look at me. He didn't say anything foul. He didn't turn his head. He didn't wipe his face. He had his hand to that plow and he was determined to get through that plow. And if I've ever seen determination on a man's face, it was that day right there. Praise God. The Bible says that we've got to hold fast to the profession of our faith. Paul says, them that are strong, we ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Now, so Paul's telling Timothy. Timothy, you've got to be strong. Timothy, being strong comes with a price. This day and age, we know something about that. If you're strong, it comes as a price. Sometimes it costs you. And sometimes it costs you more than you're willing to give. Sometimes it costs you everything to be strong for the Lord. Being strong is one thing. But being strong for them, they're absolutely unwillingly just weak is another. We sing that song sometimes. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. The little ones to him belong, for they... All right. Life half full or half empty? Which are you tonight? Are you half full or are you half empty? Is your bank account half empty? Your car half empty? Is your faith half empty? Is your victory half empty? empty? Praise God. Praise God. Things you do or things you don't do impact your life. Talking to those to those tonight that have not the real desire to want to know Christ. I can speak for this church. I can speak for the preachers. And I can speak for the teachers. And I can speak for all those that's in the ministry here that we do indeed preach sound doctrine. We have a a understanding that we're not in law anymore. We have an understanding that we are in the New Testament theology now, we have an understanding that the letter killeth, but the Spirit of God gives life. Yeah. Praise God. God, we preach that God still has a standard for everybody. Every single body, God still has a standard. We preach for righteousness, exalts a nation, but sin, sin is still a reproach to any people out there. I tell you, what's unrighteous that I preach sometimes, and what's unrighteous that you even preach sometimes, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, be not deceived, fornicators, idolaters, homosexual, thieves, liars, and drunks will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. We know that this is a sound doctrine. We know that God laid this out. And this is truth. And this is liable and credible. And we can stand on the word of God. Yes. But I tell you. What's unrighteous. In our religious playground sometimes. Sister Jan. She broke bread on it last weekend. Last Sunday morning. She spoke about this. In Hebrews chapter number 6. This is the covenant that I will make with them after that day, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds I will write them. And their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more. Yeah. God Amen. no longer writes his laws on tablets of stone, but now he writes his laws on the fleshly tablets of the heart. Yeah. The, yeah. Lord. the body and circumcising the moral righteous, and I've said it before, is people, religious people, that has set up on the church view for years and years and years, and God has dealt with them, and God has moved on you, God has pulled on the heartstrings of your heart, and I want you to know you buck and you snort and you push God away every single time. He tries to deal with you or pull you closer to Him or make you more like Christ. We push Him away sometimes. He wants to shape us. He wants to mold our hearts. He has a desire to deal with you. And sometimes I'm guilty. You're guilty. We have made excuses in our life. We have made reasons in our life that fits our wants. That fits our needs. Sometimes it goes against our emotions. And sometimes it goes against the best interests of what we think. Of our feelings on how we should live. It changes things up. And sometimes that's just an inconvenience for us. If God wants to change up how we live. There's a world out there a world out there dying and going to hell and we're in here worried about who ain't liking what and we're we're bickering and we're fighting inside the church house and causing the vision while a world out there just want this gospel want somebody to live truth in front of them, somebody to love them, somebody to tell them that there is a better way praise God Jesus, every, Jesus every man needs to hear something. Every woman needs to hear something. Every Christian, they need to hear something tonight. This nation needs to hear something tonight. Paul, in verse 2, he said, In the things that you have heard of me, among many witnesses, that some commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others. I want you to know that there's a world out there, there's a people out there, there's a congregation in here that they're still desiring truth. They're still design the word of God to be demonstrating to them. Every single Christian, not only in this church, but every single Christian out there declares the name of Christ. They're doing disservice to a society out there that does not cry out against sin. We as men and women of God have a responsibility. We as men and women of God have a responsibility to be a voice. Have a responsibility to be the standard. Where else is that standard going to be found? Who else is going to give an account unto God? We are the voice and we are the standard. And we are the witness for this corrupt generation. If you won't do it then who will? If you won't stand up for the whole counsel of God in this day and age, who's left? Who will? If we won't declare God as righteousness and that He exalts a nation and that sin is a reproach to any people, then who's going to do it? Can you hear me tonight? I know you're receiving what I'm saying. Paul says the things that you have heard of me and the things that you have received of me. Acts 4 and 20 said the apostles that they can only, they can only testify the things that they have seen and the things that they have heard. 1 James said be doers of the word and not hearers also, deceiving your own self. We have got to do something. Where do I work at and the people that I'm around daily I want you to know some, I've got some folks who I work at. Not everybody's saved. I know, like some of us, I can believe that everybody's good out there in society, like psychology. They'll tell you that man's good. But I want you to know I'm around some folks that work. And the things that I have to hear, the things that I have to deal with, you know, the things that we deal with in life, I hate to say it like this. It eats at you. When we folks day in, day out, don't want to receive anything that you have got to say about Jesus Christ. When they put their hand up and they don't want to hear about that junk they say, they don't want to hear about that stuff. That stuff just ain't for me. I'm not ready to commit to that. I still got a lot to live. I was talking to a guy the other night when was walking down the hall and I said, hey, What are you going to do when something happens? He said, you talking about me getting crippled? I said, no, I'm talking about you dying. (laughs) And he said, I don't know. I never think about dying. I said, you don't ever think about dying? He said, "It don't ever even cross my mind. That's the farthest thing from my mind is dying. So I went on to tell him, when you get ready and you get serious with the Lord, here's what I want you to say to God because you're actually... and he looked at me like I'm crazy. Because I did not want to leave him out. One day he's going to find himself in a place. His back's going to be against the corner. I says, that same commit out of faithful men. We believe, so therefore we speak. If a man has faith, he will be faithful. And if he ain't faithful, he does not have faith. What does that mean? If a man has faith, he'll be faithful. He'll be faithful to reading this word. not faithful in the things of God. He is not faithful in the ministry. He is not faithful to go to church. He is not faithful to doing anything for God. How can he declare to a world out there that he is demonstrating that he has faith? The Bible says don't just be a hearer. Be a doer." The Bible says faith without works is dead. If you have faith, you'll be faithful. You don't work to be saved. You work and you love God because you are saved. Yes, Praise I God. No man, having put his hand to a plow, looks back and is bent for the kingdom of God. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 5.22, Lay hands suddenly on no man unless you be partakers of their sins. And a man cannot... Man cannot give what he does not have. We got preachers and we got teachers and we got people sitting in the congregation. And I want you to know you can't just give anybody a part of the ministry. You can't take anybody off the pew and sit them back there with the offering, telling them, telling them to discount this, make sure the numbers are right. I'm telling you, some people got issues. Some people got junk inside of the lot. Some people aren't all saved. Some are victims. The seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Some have departed from the faith. Some have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Some have lost him, but they retain the knowledge of how all this stuff works. Lost him, but still deceiving the minds of the simple people. Lost him preaching convictions. How much you be preachers whenever I can? And I want you to know a lot of them preach convictions, and you know for certain they have no convictions for themselves. They can advantage other people, all that money, gospel. Lost him, but they did not lose the sheep's glory. Praise God. Verse 3 says, You therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, If you want to save your life, you're going to have to lose it. To endure hardness, to endure to the end, shall be saved. Those that earnestly contend for the faith are the ones going to enter into the joys of the Lord. To never quit, to never waver. Trials and tribulations, circumstances and situations. I want you to know good soldiers are Christians and they're nothing else. Good soldiers of Jesus Christ. You can't be a soldier and work in another man's vineyard. A soldier has integrity. He's proud of who he is and what he has become. And that's Christian. He has the heart, he has bravery, he has honor, he has moral principles, not only for himself, but for that neighbor sitting right across the pew over there. A soldier has a stern sense of duty, instant obedience unto the Lord, willing to walk away from everything and everybody when he hears the voice of God. To do that which is right in the sight of God is what makes a good soldier. No matter the situation, no matter the reproach, no matter the fear and the hardship, that will come when you stand for Christ. None of that matters except for pleasing God. Soldiers stand true. They stand righteous. They go where God tells them to go. They do what God tells them to do. They act the way God tells them to act, and they say what God tells them to say. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and another will they not follow. If you're a good soldier, you're just a Christian, and you're nothing else. An AWOL soldier, they left their first love. Brother Perez spoke on that Friday night. About the, uh, the Laodicean church They're leaving their first love Talked about he'd rather they'll be hot or cold and lukewarm And since they're neither hot nor cold But they are lukewarm I'm going to spew you out of my mouth I want you to know an AWOL soldier Abandons his faith Abandons his gospel Does not keep the principles And the laws of God That's written inside the heart They're not a good soldier Half in and half out the Bible says you cannot serve two masters. Right, you'll love one, hate the other. You'll cling to one and you'll despise the other. You can't serve God and mammoth or the world out there or whatever else you want to put in this place. It's just God. Yes, yes. it is just God. You're obedient um, yeah. or you're not. You're saved or you're not. Oh, yeah. You can't be clean and dirty at the same time. right. It's not your thoughts. It's not your opinions. It's not your philosophy. the philosophies. I want you to know God made it clear. Jesus made it clear. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I ain't talking about a mistake. I ain't talking about issues in life. I'm talking about to those that make a lifestyle out of it. Verse 4. No man who wars entaileth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. In this day and this age, it is so easy to be called off guard. It is so easy to be distracted from the things of God. We all got families and we all got kids and some of us got grandkids and they're all bidding for our attention. And it's so easy not to have the time of day to seem like to do what God wants us to do. God does not want us to take our eyes off the prize and that is Christ Jesus and our heart that is dedicated to him. He don't want us to lose sight of him. He don't want us to lose focus. Everything in the world that's going on is bidding for our attention. we got to have a made-up mind. We have to get beside ourselves. We, gotta, we have to get beside all of our wants and all of our needs and all of everything else that we bring to the foot of the cross, and we got to push it out of the way and just grab hold of Jesus. Yes, amen. It's not about you. And it's not about me. But it's all about Jesus. Yes. Yes. He called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He calls us a holy nation. He calls us a royal priesthood. He calls us a chosen generation. And he chose us to stand. Us to stand by his power and by his spirit against the wildest. The world can't defeat the devil out there. Only the Spirit of God that dwells in the church of God has any match whatsoever, and we are victorious against the wiles of the devil. We got to know our enemy. We got to know how he works. We got to know that devil on how he moves and operates. We got to know his devices, his snares, his tricks, his gimmicks, his traps, and his tactics. We got to know his strategies. His entrapments, his strongholds, his bondages, his vices. we got to know our enemy, how he uses leverage, how he uses temptation, how he uses enticements, how he uses vain philosophy and vain doctrines to deceive those simple hearts. We have got to know our enemy. So does all of his preachers, all of his teachers, right. all those little gimlets that sit up inside the congregation disguising themselves as an angel of God. we yes. got to ask God to show us. Yes. Let us see the enemy for who he is.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Praise God. One day, one day I'm going to stand before the Lord. There's no doubt about that. I know. I tell God daily. Oh Lord, if there's any saying inside my heart, forgive me, oh God. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I'm less than least. Oh God, please just forgive me. I want you to, I want to go to heaven. Yes. I do. I want to make it. Yes. I want to make heaven my home. Yes. And I want God to say, yes. well done, thou good yes. and thou faithful servant. Yes. Come on, to the joys of the Lord. Oh, yes. I, know. I know one day i got to give an account. And I know one day you've got to give an account too. He demands out of an account out of the things that we say. He demands an account by the way that we live. He demands an account the way that we was a witness for His name. Both small and great has to stand before God. The rich, the poor, the Donald Trumps to the factory workers. All of us, we still got to stand before God. God has no favoritism. God is no respecter of persons. Everybody has to stand before the Lord. The Bible said, is that one another man wants to die, then after this comes the judgment. Nobody can escape it. You can't run from it. You can't hide from it. Either you pay the price for the life that you live, and you go to hell for eternity, or you place your faith in Jesus Christ and His finished work at the cross and let God's graceful, merciful hand rest over your soul for eternity. Because if your faith is 99% in Christ and 1% in your legalism, 1% in your works, 1% in your self-righteousness, 1% in you, you will never make it. Understand that. You will never make it there is none righteous, no With God, all you have to do is say, "Dear Lord, God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord. Oh Lord, forgive me, forgive me for the way that I've lived, forgive me for the things that I've done. Lord, wash me, cleanse me, and with my mouth I confess Jesus is Lord, and with my heart." you rose him up from the dead. And if I believe this, and God, I am sorry, wash me, cleanse me, and now I am saved through my faith in
1: Jesus Christ. If anybody, if
0: anybody needs prayer tonight, let them come.